Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of Disney WTF, where we talk about what's the fuss about Disney. For those that don't know us by now, we're a Disney couple. One of us is a Disney lover, and one of us is a Disney person that's still really just trying to figure all this stuff out. But somehow, we've made a way to make this relationship work. Yes. 25 episodes in. So... This is episode, being that this is episode 25, fun fact about the number 25, we're at the age right now where we can rent a car without extra fees. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good to know. If, if, if Disney WTF decided to do that, yeah. I mean, it's a cost saver. That's wonderful. Yeah, because, you know, when you go to rent a car, if you're in a 25, they think it's sketchy and then they, you know, charge you extra. Like so. if the podcast wanted to take a road trip to Orlando. Exactly. Perfect. You can do that without extra fees. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We're, this is a beautiful day in Miami. The weather is amazing. Some people are freaking out. Some people are loving it because it's like went into the 60s. Yeah. And I feel like people judge Miamians for wearing boots and scarves in 70 degree weather. But we get legit cold. Yeah. At like 69 degrees. Yep. I'm wearing a sweater. I'm wearing my vintage <laughs> Mickey Mouse 1990s sweatshirt right now. I have a fun sweatshirt on uh, like army green that I got from... From Uniqlo, actually. So it's not vintage. It's brand new, basically. It's the first time wearing it. But it looks good. Thank you. It's got throwback Mickey on it. It does. I'm excited for I like for throwback you. Mickey. You do like Most the classic Mickey. The stuff I've been buying has been throwback Mickey. You do like the classic Mickeys. You know why? Because that's what Walt would have wanted. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, people are going to get real mad because you speculate all the time about what Walt wants. <laughs> you like we're boys. You don't know what Walt wants. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Headlines. All right. My first headline is about innoventions in Epcot. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about innoventions. You kind of always wondered, like, what, what, what's it all about? What's in there? Well, they're bringing something new into innoventions, mm -hmm. and it's called Spectaculab. Oh, cool. So the premise is you're going to have real-life scientists showing experiments and scientific principles of cool things that we use in everyday technology. Oh, I love that, actually. Yeah, and it's going to be interactive. It's going to be opening on November 11th, so that's really, really soon, but it's coming. Okay. Well, I would definitely like to go and play in there. Yeah, and I, it's, they were, it's going to be scientists and a tech-savvy intern is how they're advertising it, whatever that means. Mm. You could be that intern. Oh, like you get a job? Well, what do you mean intern? Well, I, I think it's like... That's part of the experience. It's like, oh, welcome intern. Yeah, but I don't know. I think, that, oh. I think it's actually somebody who's hired by Disney. Oh. So it's not going to be you. It'd be cool like if I walked in like, oh, you're hired. <laughs> Come and do this project. I'm like, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good. That's funny. <laughs> I need a new job. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My next headline is a construction update. So there's been some construction at Adventureland in Magic Kingdom. And people are speculating that it is going to be the Club 33 of Magic Kingdom. Mm, cool. Okay. And so what's the update? Well, that there's construction happening. Oh, okay. <laughs> that oh, that is it started. Update. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it just started? Recently. Oh, okay, cool. And so now there's walls up and... Can you imagine if it was Club 33 going to be in Adventureland? That could be us. What if there was like a sale, like a like a pre-construction sale? We couldn't afford the sale. <laughs> you don't know that. What if it was like, you know, a thousand? I don't know. And you'd be like, you know, first 500 people, $1,000. That's a, a lot of money. For a lifetime membership? If it was a lifetime membership, what if it was just like for the year? That wouldn't be possible. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. 
Anywho, but that's pretty cool that Club 33 is finally coming to our coast. Allegedly. Well, allegedly, of course. Of course, but it's going to be in Adventureland, which I think is a really interesting place to do it. You would think they would do it maybe somewhere by the castle? I don't know. Or Epcot, those were like adult tour. But they actually might put it a Club 33 in every park. That's the weird thing. Oh. Hmm. It's going to get expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Disney, Disney's got it. Yeah. They'll pick up the tab. (laughs) All right. My last headline is something new that's going to go on in Hollywood studios, which Mm -hmm. we still have yet to take you to. I know. And it's going, I know Richie's giving me an evil eye right now. And he just (laughs) shook his head like in disbelief. Yes. That he can't believe he still hasn't gone to Hollywood studios recently, but they're having a new holiday offering called sunset season greetings. And it's going to be a whole bunch of holiday things that are going to happen, including a snow event on Sunset Boulevard, which is the boulevard leading up to Tower of Terror. Mm -hmm. There's going to be projection shows on Tower of Terror Hmm. that, and I saw some concept art of it. It looks really, really cool. It looks like a Christmas village. And then they've got like a Toy Story theme going on. So it's going to be a whole bunch of cool stuff. Okay. And... You may or may not remember, you have been, the last time you were at Hollywood Studios, it was during Christmas time when we saw the the spectacle of dancing lights. You remember that? The sp- yes, I do. The one that they ended. Yes, right? okay. exactly. So it's- That was awesome. That was such a good show. It was And really, I remember really you awesome. telling me like, you know, this is like the last time we're going to see it. And I felt like kind of sad. Because Although, it was like, the only I, time you saw it? Yeah. and I, Well, I think it was the second time I saw it, but- um, I just remember like not being like so into Disney, but just really realized like at the time, you know, but, um, really realizing how like pretty spectacular it was like it snowed. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, damn, this is going to end. Like that sucks. Yeah. Cause it was probably one of the coolest things I've seen at Disney at the time. Yeah. And they took so much of it away or, well, they took all of it away, obviously, but, um, like now they're trying to compensate the holiday offerings. It seems like, because yeah. they're going to do the projection show, on Tower of Terror, they're going to put snow on Sunset Boulevard. So they're really trying to make up, I think, for what has probably been a huge backlash for yeah. having it come to an end. Hmm. So let's move on from okay. headlines. <laughs> let's get into what we're going to talk about today. Wait, I have another headline. Oh, okay. Sorry. So for those that uh, don't know yet, we had a wonderful time, which we'll get into obviously at Tokyo Disney. And our last headline is we got engaged. Yeah, we did get engaged, which... I should we tell a little bit about how it happened? Yeah, we can because uh, we're going to talk about it in the in the regular episode, like in the episode, right? So now's a good time. Okay. okay. <laughs> so the way, well, first of all, my sister told me that I should have expected it, like, but I really didn't. I was super surprised. Um, and the way Richie premised it was like, okay, we're going to record an episode of the podcast. And of course, I'm like, oh, of course, Richie wants to record an episode of the podcast. We're at Disneyland. You know, of course he will. And he was setting up the camera and you can't bring a tripod into Tokyo Disney. And I'm guessing it's for safety reasons. Anyways, and he's setting it up on top of a backpack that's next to an eatery on the Main Street area. And there's a lot of people walking by and he's taking forever to set up the camera. And I was getting super frustrated 
I was like, oh my goodness, why is this taking so long? We need to just go to a trash can, you know, somewhere in frontier land (laughs) (laughs) and just get the episode recorded so we can, you know, talk about it and still have time to enjoy the rest of the day. Yeah, but I wanted to set it up in like a prime time, like location, you know, not a prime time location, but a prime location so I can get like the castle in the background because that was super cute. And then... But it was really a super busy area. Like people were walking through the, the feed, like through the camera, like walking over the cord. Which because so, the camera was on the floor, so yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's not their fault because they would have. Yeah. They, how could you have not? You know. It almost it, ba- it almost really yeah, yeah, yeah. backfired, but you know, but yeah, so go on. And I was like, oh, it's okay. It's just let people walk in front of it. It's like not a big deal. It'll add mm-hmm. atmosphere to the episode. It'll be wonderful. Yeah. But little did I know the reason why he actually wanted to have like nobody walk in front (laughs) Yeah. because somebody would just maybe stand in front of us while you're asking me to marry you. Exactly. Yeah. So, but the video ended up being, uh, the audio part. I mean the, the, the video part of it was good. I didn't get any audio, but, um, but we didn't end up, you know, obviously doing the episode and we just, uh, it was just for purposes of so I can do that and have uh, have footage of it. So. Yeah, come to find out that the podcast he was using the podcast as a ruse. Yeah, it was all a plan. I can't all, believe you were plan. leveraging our podcast against me. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So messed up. Yes, I'll never believe anything you say again. I know, I know. And then when we were starting it, so he. M- was introducing us like how we would normally do our regular intro and then he started to go in like talking about our relationship and how this and that I don't even remember because it was all a blur (laughs) and at some point I was like what does this have to do with anything let's just move on but then he got down on one knee yes it was awesome like a pro yeah I didn't even practice that (laughs) who would you practice it on it could have gone terribly wrong like I could have like forgot which knee to go on it could have been like which knee was it the right or the left could does have fallen that matter over. no it doesn't oh well then there you go <laughs> no you could I'm have fallen joking. over i could guess that could have been could one have thing. cramped up like you know who knows i didn't stretch before <laughs> so much stuff could have gone wrong <laughs> your pants were quite fitted <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so, so i guess that is the final headline we're engaged yeah. yes yes we are so exciting we're excited about it yeah all right all right let's move into this episode so on this episode I didn't want to make it just a regular trip report Mm -hmm. because I I just feel like we could do so much more than that. So what we're going to do is talk about our top five favorite things about Tokyo Disneyland. Yes. Which there's so much to like about Tokyo Disneyland. It is a really, really spectacular park. Mm -hmm. So to start us off, I want to talk to you about just a couple of facts that I found about Tokyo Disneyland. Okay. So one the first year that Tokyo Disneyland opened was in 1983, which means that they're going to be celebrating their 35th anniversary next year. Darn it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, you know, maybe it's not as big as what Epcot did. Well, I think it's going to be probably huge. Well, yeah. Maybe. Because from what it seems like, Tokyo Disney does everything big. Yeah. And they theme everything so well. That I, I definitely see it being a big deal. Yeah, but if Disney was smart, they'd do like, which obviously they are, but I mean, like if they, you know, wanted to be creative, they would use the different parks to celebrate different random years because 35 is a random year. Like there's no like, you know, weird thing about 35, you know, 50, 25, you know, like those things are like, you know, 75, those things are like monumental. But like 35, like the Epcot 35, 35th anniversary is the first time I've ever seen anyone celebrate 35 years of anything. So when we're celebrating our 35th wedding anniversary, you don't think that's going to be a big deal? Yes. But, okay. But like, okay. but every year will be a big deal. <laughs> Not just 35. 
Well, I, like I, it's not going to be as big as 50. Well, no, it won't be as big as 50. I'll say that. But I did see a pin from last or well, it must have been from this year, I guess, that said celebrating 34 years. And it was Tokyo Disney. Well, yeah. So maybe every year is a big deal then there. But well, there whatever. you go. What I was going to say is that it would have been cool if like they did really big, like if they chose a different park to do something really big for a random year. So like Epcot would get 35, but like, you know, Tokyo Disneyland would get 36 and that'd be like the big rear 30, you know, like. It seems like Disney's really trying to push 35 then because if Epcot already celebrated their 35th this year and they're going to do 35 at Tokyo Disney next year, yeah. 35's becoming the new 50. Okay, here's, how about this? Was the 35th year of the regular Disneyland huge? Mm, I think it was before they thought to do that. <laughs> okay, well, anyway. Because that was like probably 18 years ago. How long ago was that? It was a long time ago. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> but let's move on. Okay, let's move on. So another fun fact about Tokyo Disney is that they also have Cinderella Castle, like Magic Kingdom does. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas um, Disneyland in California, for instance, has Sleeping Beauty Castle. Mm -hmm. So the castle there looks identical to yeah. the one at Magic Kingdom. Definitely which Which is pretty bizarre. Like, as people who come from Magic Kingdom, like, mm -hmm. it's, it, everything's, it's like the same, but it's different yeah. in some way. It feels different. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that are different, but, I mean, when you look at the castle, you saw, like, it was, like, the same castle, but I think the surroundings looked a lot different. Like, um, you know, w the famous pictures that I've seen, I think, of that castle have, you know, those arcing things because of the overhang, you know, so that's obviously completely different. So, but I can... Maybe for you, it felt like a lot of the same, but for me, it felt pretty different. Hmm. Wow. Which which is interesting, because I feel like it would be the other way around. Yeah. Because you're not as Disney as a person. Yeah. Unless the roles have finally... It took 25 no, no. episodes I'm for just, the roles to I'm switch. I'm just more observant. Okay. <laughs> I, <think>. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty caught up in the magic of it all. Yeah. I, I, I jumped in the air literally several times. I was so. analyzing all the details, and I saw a lot of differences. Yeah, and I was just too overwhelmed. Yeah. All right. Next fact. So... Disney Magic Kingdom mm -hmm. is 107 acres, whereas Tokyo Disneyland is 115 acres. Much bigger. Yeah, so it's much bigger, which I, I converted it into square feet just to give myself some, some real-life perspective, and that's about 348,000 square feet bigger. Wow. Which you can definitely feel it when we're there. Mm -hmm. You can feel that the spaces are a lot wider, that it's almost... You don't realize how crowded it is almost mm -hmm. because the spaces are so much bigger. That's one of my things. No, 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 no. We're not, I'm not getting into it. I'm just getting facts. <laughs> I'm not on. getting into it. Okay, let's move on to the next one. You can get into that later. And it is the number three most visited park in the whole world. It's a FedEx truck outside. I told you I should have closed <laughs> the windows. So Richie thinks that it's that it's a great idea to keep the windows because open because it's, it's such, such a beautiful day. It's so good weather. I want to leave all the windows open. Yeah, so it's not going to be all, like this tomorrow probably. You're getting to hear all the elements of our outside. <laughs> anyway. All right. And the last fun, I think it's a fun fact, about Tokyo Disney is the pricing schedules are different. So instead of having a child be from three to nine years old, for instance, and then everything above a nine-year-old is considered an adult, like here at Magic Kingdom, they have child from the ages of four to 11, junior from 12 to 17, and then above 17 is adult. an adult. Hmm. And they also have a senior rate. 
That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like they're way more considerate of the fact that, you know, a four-year-old is not going to be able to do as much as an adult. Yeah. Which is funny because there's definitely way less seniors there. Oh, yeah. Like significantly less seniors I saw at that park. Maybe they just look a lot younger. That's possible, but I don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like, you know, we saw some seniors when we were walking around and those seniors were really not at Disney. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So. That's true. Whereas, like, I guess like a senior in Japan is like 104. Yeah. <laughs> like a senior citizen. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't super know. healthy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'll let I'll let you start with your okay. first top favorite thing. Go ahead. So my first top favorite thing, um, which is which is a good thing to start off with me, because the entrance, like when, once we got out of the subway to like walk on, like you immediately knew you were at Disney. Because like before you even got to like the Tokyo Disney sign, like all that stuff, like you heard entrance music Mm -hmm. basically like that started like right off the bat right and i was like okay this is really cool because you don't really get entrance music until you get like really far deep i feel like into into like our parks here at least um so that was like what was really cool and, and like that i saw that really caught my eye in the beginning and then it's also super themed like right from the subway like they had those fences with like all the statues of like uh goofy and like cinderella and or Tinkerbell, I think I saw. They had all the statues, but the theme, the entrance theming, like all, like every part that you walked from subway to the entrance was like very well themed. Yeah, so it's like that subway station. Anybody who's getting off there is only getting off there to go to Disney. No, 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 no. no. The the one that we got to, it was busy. Remember, remember, remember. I mentioned this. Like there was a bunch of people in suits. And it was like a busy stop. And oh, I was you're like, right. I was like, how how like terrible would this be if you're a huge Disney fanatic and you had to like stop and get off here for like work or something? Because you'd basically be passing the entrance of Disney all the time, <laughs> like every day without being able to go in because you have to go to work, whatever. So, but it, but it's like right when you exit, like right when you exit out of that station, it was like you're at Disney. Yes. And this is not the entrance of Disney, but you're at Disney. Yeah, from the music to the yeah. billboards and signage. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty awesome. That was cool. That you, was that you was, get that was, right from the beginning. Yeah, that really stuck out to me. Yeah, I love it. And it was it was definitely like apparent that Disney made their mark on that subway station, like through those those types of things, like yeah. piping in the music right away. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if maybe it would be a consideration for um, Disney World to put music in their parking lots. That mm-hmm. would be fun. Yeah, I don't it think would, it'd be it possible would, though. Why not? I don't know. You just put a speaker. But where would you put the speakers? On the light post. To make the music sound good though, because the music sounded really good. On the light post. Okay. You strategically lay them out on the light post. Yeah, you could. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I would love to hear Disney um, Disney music in the parking lots. I feel like that would add a nice element. Step your game up. I know. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So let's go for my t- number. I don't want to say number one, but my first top favorite thing at Tokyo Disney, the popcorn. Yes. They have so much devotion to popcorn. I was really, really excited about trying all the popcorn flavors that they have because that's something I read when I was planning our trip is that the Tokyo Disney Resort as a whole has so many popcorn flavors that you can choose from. Yeah. And so much so where probably I would say 50% of the patrons there have a popcorn bucket hanging around their neck mm-hmm. so that they can refill with different flavors of popcorn. Yeah. 
So right from the get-go, early in the morning, 9 a.m., I was like, I'm getting a popcorn bucket and we're getting some popcorn because we got to get started. Yeah. Because we got a lot of flavors to try. So you know what's funny, too, about this popcorn bucket thing? On the subway when we were going to Disney, there was another uh, couple that was going to Disney. And they had this guy that he had the lanyard and the popcorn bucket hanging, you know, from his, uh, from, from the lanyard. And I think it was Mike um, Klazowski, whatever his name is. And I was like, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was a popcorn bucket, but it was just a huge mic. So I'm like, man, this guy's a legitimate fanatic. Like he just has a huge like ornament like hanging off of his <laughs> just like lanyard. And then, and then I come to find out that, oh, it's because it's like filled with popcorn potentially. Mm-hmm. So, and then we all had one at some point. So yeah, we did all have, we eventually all <laughs> so, got one. That was cool. <laughs> but yeah, so the popcorn bucket I ended up getting was um, a Mickey Mouse head. Mm-hmm. And you opened up his head and it had little shorts on it and you filled it with popcorn. And the flavors that were, because the flavors do change periodically. So the flavors that were there at the time were regular salted, honey, milk chocolate, caramel. Here's where it gets weird. Barbecue, soy sauce and butter, curry. And I think that's it. Yeah, the curry one was real weird. Uh, it was good, you know though, what, actually. Though, I, I got to say, there was not one flavor that we had that I did not enjoy. Yeah, the soy sauce one was weird for me. The the, the curry sounded like it was going to be weird, but it actually tasted pretty good. The curry one had, I think, the longest line. Yeah, that was legit. The curry or the barbecue one had the longest line. Yeah, but, I, but my favorite, though, was the honey. Yeah. Yeah, the honey was good. And, and even it, the basic one was good. Like, the one no flavor, it was, like, really good popcorn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely was. And it's like, I know that popcorn at Disney World is, people love it. They love mm-hmm. it as a snack. But I feel like we could definitely step it up more. Yeah. Because if we had all those different flavors, like, I would be getting popcorn, like, really on the regular when we go to Magic Kingdom. Plus, one thing we did, too, which I don't know if we planned that out, like, specifically, but it ended up being the good thing to do, is we started with the regular popcorn. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to start with, like, you know, go straight to curry and then have regular at some point. Like, like cleanse the palate with some, some like basic popcorn flavor first and then start like, you know, easing your way up to curry. Like set, set the standard with the exactly. regular salted. Exactly. And the way the popcorn buckets work was there's a different popcorn bucket sold at each popcorn cart, which I didn't know because I was thinking, oh, we might have to go to the Emporium to get like our popcorn bucket. Mm-hmm. But they only sell that at the, at the popcorn at the stands. Spe- yeah. And so depending on which stand you go to, you're going to have a different option of popcorn bucket. Mm-hmm. So there was a Cinderella, a Cinderella's coach one. There was a, um, a lightning McQueen one, which is super funny because you see like two year olds walking around with this lightning McQueen popcorn buckets that that's bigger than them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we ended up getting, I think the best one, yeah. which is just plain old Mickey mouse classic. Old school. Yeah. So my second top favorite thing that I that really stuck out to me there was the uh, the stroller organization. Please tell me more. It was legit. So they they were so serious. So I don't I don't know if they had less strollers there. It, it it definitely appeared that way, which I don't know if it's because like, you know, it was bigger or or they just had the stroller situation so well organized, but stroller parking was like a like very very well orchestrated like symphony. <laughs> like they had, you know, it was parking where there was never where you couldn't go and get your, cause like I've seen problems where people couldn't get their stroller out of somewhere like parks, you know, at a different park. But like here it was very well organized. It was very considerate when people put their stroller somewhere. And then also the cast members would also go and like 
organize, reorganize if they felt like it wasn't up to par with organization. So stroller organization there was fancy. Well, even in Magic Kingdom, you do see cast members kind of reorganizing strollers when it's not easy for um, to get around them or yeah. for a stroller to be taken out if once a guest gets off of a ride. Yeah. Um, but I definitely see what you mean by it just seeming like, maybe it's because it was so organized that there seemed like there were fewer strollers. Yeah. Because I, I don't know what it is either. Like, I can't explain it. But it does seem like that the stroller situation was really under control. Yeah, yeah. So what was your second thing that you, uh, that really popped out to you at Tokyo Disney? My second thing was the guests. Okay. In costume. Oh, yes. Because we, we had read beforehand that the patrons of Tokyo Disney take costumes really, really seriously and dressing for Disney just in general really seriously. And I was kind of talking to Richie about it, like, oh, maybe we should get a costume to wear to the park since it seems like that's something that they're able to do. And then mm. before, actually, only recently, they allowed adults to dress in full costume. Mm -hmm. So it would have been a cool opportunity for us to do that. But whatever, things didn't really pan out. But I'm actually really glad we did not dress up because we wouldn't be able to hold a candle mm -hmm. to the people who dressed up at the park. We saw all types of different costumes. Rapunzel and Flynn Rider, completely head to toe, like look like the real thing in yeah. person. Cinderella and her prince, head to toe, like real thing. Like they were posing in front of the castle. They had a glass slipper in their arms on a pillow. I mean, they just make Halloween so much fun. Yeah. Because you can really just feel how into it they are. And just, they, they know what they're doing in terms of costuming. And I legit thought that they were cast members. Like I thought they had worked, like that they were getting paid to wear that, you know, and it was an official Disney, you know, sponsored like situation. And then all of a sudden I started realizing that like they had cameras and their own like popcorn bucket and like stuff. I'm like, wait, they're just like hanging out. Like they don't work here. They just look amazing and look like the actual characters. And that was crazy. And the enthusiasm that they have for it, I mean, it just makes me, Disney should pay him because it makes me want to go out and get like the head to toe, like official yeah. princess costume, for yeah. instance. But I mean, it's it's really, really spectacular to see everybody get so into Halloween. Mm -hmm. And even their, their kids, like a, a family of, of Toy Story characters, and they look like the real thing. Mm -hmm. It's really, really fun. Yeah. So um, my third thing that popped out at me was, uh, I don't know if, again, because I was being like, you know, much more observant, I guess, than normal, um, because, you know, I was trying to really just take in the culture and how people act and things like that. But I don't know if you notice this, but every time we left a ride, a cast member would double check that we didn't leave anything. I think they do that at, at Magic Key, uh, at Dar Parks too. Because I've never seen that, and if if that if every single cast member does that, like they like what a, what I experienced in Japan, that's awesome. Because I always look back, you know, to make sure I don't leave anything, but they do as well, and they like really like check to make sure that like after you leave, you didn't leave anything for some reason. I thought that was very considerate and awesome. But yeah. I'm hoping that every cast member does that. I think the they do it here in Orlando, though. Yeah. But I mean, it's still awesome that they do it, of course. Yes. Like all cast members that make sure that things, belongings are taken with you, that is pretty cool. Yeah. 
because you don't want to be losing your popcorn bucket. Exactly. Or your sunglasses. Exactly. Or your ears. <laughs> Any of that. All right. So my third thing is that even though a lot of the same elements are similar to Magic Kingdom, that everything's just a little bit different to where you can have like a great time, even if it's like the same ride mm. that we have at Magic Kingdom, for instance. So like for instance, Main Street USA. So it's not Main Street over there, it's the World's Bazaar. Mm -hmm. And it, it has like the vibe of Main Street, but it's just a little bit different and it has a covering to where you feel like, wow, this is a completely brand new experience that you've never had before. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then Fantasyland, a completely different experience that you've never had before, even though the same rides are there, mm -hmm. like Haunted Mansion, Peter Pan, Small World, it's, it still feels fresh and new. So to a Disney non-fanatic, they might be saying like, oh, well, you have Magic Kingdom here. Why would you need to go Magic Kingdom, you know, or Disneyland over there? Mm -hmm. It's because you notice that it's completely a completely different thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you definitely notice the differences, even though like, like it could have been every single thing the same, but, you know, which I can't, I couldn't really do the comparison very well because... Obviously, I'm not a, a, a fanatic as much as you are, but I was definitely able to see that it was quite different, um, yeah. which leads to my fourth thing mm -hmm. um, that I thought was, you know, really stuck out to me when we got on first the Haunted Mansion ride was the animatronics was crazy there. And both with like, I think the two things that really stick out, I mean, we did Pirates, we did Winnie the Pooh, um, but the Haunted Mansion there and on all the other rides, the animatronics were just so advanced and like such like high in technology that I was fairly amazed. Yeah. And that really stuck out to me. I thought it was like, I mean, I know it's probably, I don't know what this, where the, where it ranks and how new the park is, but the technology was like amazing. And I'm wondering if maybe it's one of those things where because so many locals go there that they feel the need to make sure that things are completely up to date mm -hmm. in terms of animatronics or you know any, any technology like that because people go like often mm -hmm. i wonder if there's like a way to to like measure that like repeat like percentage of like repeats i'm sure they do you know yeah but Somehow. they need to make it public <laughs> i want to know <laughs> they need to make it public <laughs> like i really want to know anyway you mentioned winnie the pooh so you have not always been a fan of winnie the pooh at least in magic kingdom because you think it's a boring ride yeah how do you feel about winnie the pooh over there so winnie the pooh to me you know this is you know one man's opinion you know the winnie the pooh here if you don't have a connection to winnie the pooh it was fairly boring right mm -hmm. the one in in uh in walt disney in Walt Disney World, um, which I don't really have, you know, like I, obviously I, I know I know of Winnie the Pooh, and you know I, you know probably read a book I'm sure when I was a kid, but I didn't really have a strong reaction to it. But the ride he the ride in Tokyo Disney was uh, again because it was quite advanced, which I still don't even know how we were getting around in that thing. Like it was like I don't know what the mechanism were what, or the technology of how we got around. But the cool thing about that ride is obviously the animatronics were crazy. It was very like you were in a different world when you got in there. And also the cool thing about it is you can you can do you can experience that ride differently each time you ride it. Because they have like it has different tracks like of things that you can experience in that ride, which, you know, versus the Winnie the Pooh here, like you'd have to do the same one 
all the time. So that that to me was made me a Winnie the Pooh fan of the ride in Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> Very specifically. Yeah, in Tokyo. Disney. I'm only riding Winnie the Pooh if it's in Tokyo. Yeah. It's yeah, fancy, I mean, but it's true. Like the the, the honeypots <laughs> that you're riding, they're they, it doesn't look like they're attached to any track, and you're just kind of moving freeform on the floor. Which yeah. that's the technology that you're talking it about. That you want to know how it is. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, it it was a lot of fun. It's a great ride. I will say the theming of that particular ride is a ton of fun. Yeah, and it really makes you. It makes me love Winnie the Pooh even more. Mm-hmm. Even the one here. Yeah, that's not as you know. Long. I'm going to call it long. It's not as long of a ride, yeah. but it's. I think that either way, it's it's awesome. Yeah. All right. So my next thing is that number four. Number four is that touring at a park like Tokyo Disneyland, the elements are the to get an efficient day is the same thing as touring at Magic Kingdom. And I know that sounds kind of like a silly thing to call like one of your favorites, Mm -hmm. but I like that you can go to a totally new Disney park that you've never experienced before and kind of have a similar plan where you're going to hit the big rides first so you get them out of the way, Um, especially the rides that don't have fast passes so you're not going to have a long wait. And then you can get fast passes during the day, which, by the way, they still have paper fast passes at Tokyo Disney, mm-hmm. which it actually works out better for us since we wouldn't have had to download and understand a new app or anything. In Japanese. In Japanese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, which I wonder how they do that. Like if, if someone, you know, foreign wanted to come and do fast passes, I wonder if it's in different languages, the app. Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. I think that if, if if it's not already, which of course, like we speak English, so we we never really felt the need to seek that out. But yeah. I think that's a great question. I'm check that out later. Um, but yeah, so like for instance, our morning plan consisted of running to get a fast pass for the Monsters Inc. Hide and the Hide and Go Seek ride, and then we went right to Fantasyland so we could do the big rides in Fantasyland, which include Peter Pan. Um, Winnie the Pooh, Haunted Mansion. So we did that, and then we could go start our Fast Passes. And it kind of started the day off just right, because at first I was like, wow, it doesn't seem very crowded. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's part to do with because of the wider spaces it seems like that park has. Mm -hmm. But then later on in the day, when we kind of did like a circle back through the different lands, we went through Fantasyland, and Peter Pan had a super-duper long wait. Haunted Mm -hmm. Mansion had a super-duper long wait. And I'm just like, yes, we did it. Mm-hmm. We did this right. But I just think that's so cool for any Disney fan out there who wants to experience as much as possible in a brand new park. You can really, really take like a similar touring plan through like a, a basic plan through the park and get a really, really nice day, even though you only have the one day there. Yeah. So it's a similar layout is what you're saying. I'm not even just saying layout. I'm saying a similar plan. So big rides first that you, that are going to have long but lines But can't you later. have that plan at any park? Doesn't it matter the layout? No, you can't have this at any park. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Like you can do this at any park. Like whether you translate it to Epcot, for instance, or Tokyo Disneyland. Okay. If you follow this, the principles, that's the word I'm looking for. But how is that specific to Tokyo Disney? I just enjoy that I realized this. At Tokyo Disney. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So there's nothing specific about... To- so your number four is nothing specific about Tokyo Disney. I mean, it, it's specific to Disney as a whole, I okay, suppose. I understand. 
Well, now you're thinking that I didn't pick right. Because <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> well, even, okay, I will say this. Even in our... I have a legitimate five. Whatever. I have, have a legitimate five. <laughs> like a four and even on our fake... Our, our fake podcast that we were recording at Tokyo Disney where you tricked me, this was still going to be one of mine okay. because I was just so impressed by I it. I got you. I got you. Well, Whatever. my number five is the last thing that really stuck out to me when I first got there was the monorail. So the monorail is designed completely different um, than what we're used to. And it is like a, it, the windows have Mickey heads, you know, alternating, which seemed really cool. When you're inside... There's like Mickey handles, which is really neat. And it's like, you know, but it's like open space where it's like a real subway. So it looked really cool. That to me was like one of the really cool things that stuck out of, and my favorite parts probably of uh, Tokyo Disneyland. Yeah, I do love the way their monorails look. And I love that it's it's laid out more of like a subway car. Mm -hmm. It seems way more efficient use of Space, especially mm -hmm. with strollers and you know wheelchairs and things like that because you can fit so many more people into their layout yeah and it's true the details so having like the mickey silhouette as the window having a mickey head for the handlebar inside the car i think it's wonderful yeah and i wonder if they love monorails as much as we do i guess there's a japanese monorail day it could be a different day because the term monorail might be like a different word. It might rhyme with like a different week. So <laughs> it might rhyme with. It could be like week. monorail Thursdays over there, and we don't know it because it's like <laughs> a different word. Oh, could be. Yeah. You gotta look it up. <laughs> All right, my last thing that I loved about Tokyo Disneyland was Jungle Cruise. Oh yes. Is that okay, a good one? That's a good one. Yeah. That makes up for your non one for number four. <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> okay. And the reason why I'm devoting this whole one to, to just Jungle Cruise is because I mean I'm not gonna lie, like I was a little bit not nervous, but I was like, okay, we're gonna ride Jungle Cruise, but are we gonna really get it? Yeah. Are we gonna really, you know, think that the jokes are funny because we're literally not gonna understand any of them because mm -hmm. it's gonna be all in Japanese. Um but it was just such a great experience. Mm -hmm. And kind of similar to here in Magic Kingdom, your skipper can really, really make the Jungle Cruise, take it from great to just amazing. Yeah, definitely. And our skipper was so enthusiastic. Again, even though he was only speaking Japanese, like you really, really felt his energy mm -hmm. and all the people around us in the boat were cracking up. Yeah. And every time he would do something, even though I didn't understand a word he was saying, it was just super duper funny. Yeah, yeah. I can I can definitely see. So we did a previous episode that only spoke about the Jungle Cruise. And, you know, I was enlightened, you know, as to how it's about dry humor and kind of dumb humor and, and you know, nothing like an actual Jungle Cruise. And I was wondering, I'm like, you know, to see if that was the case. And I, I, I basically wanted to test that theory was, you know, accurate and wasn't just at um, Walt Disney World. And it's true. Like, and, I, and one of my things was because obviously we didn't speak the language. So it was going to observe the reactions of the of, you know, the other patrons on the boat. So they were all like, as you said, cracking up like they loved it. Like they loved all the jokes. You know, obviously some people might have thought it was funnier than others, but for every single thing that he spoke about, it was something that was supposed to be like some sort of humor. And, you know, he was supposed to have like this, you know, act of this crazy adventure through this jungle cruise where all the animals, you know, weren't real, but it was still like, like an engaging experience. 
So that skipper was the man, though. He was good. Yeah, he was really good. And something just specifically about the ride itself that's really, really different is they have music in their ride. Mm -hmm. And they also have um, um, animated projection technology in the ride. So music, for instance, they played the circle of life when you get to the lion and zebra scene. Yeah, that was cool. Okay, anyways... (laughs) And then once we get to the temple scene, there's like interactive technology that that just makes everything look super different. I mean, it's it's really cool to see how it's a little bit more plussed, yeah. which is what you would say, than the Jungle Cruise we have here. Yeah. And it was a, a really enjoyable experience. And everybody says Jungle Cruise is better at night. Tokyo Disney is the same. Make sure you ride it at night. Yeah, which was cool because we we got on there when it was like right at the, you know, right Dusk. at sunset. Yeah. yeah, where like it could have been almost daytime, but we got it at night and, you know, we got to see some fun lights and and it just, you know, the experience was a little bit cooler because it was darker. So, yeah, I can definitely agree and concur that riding it at night is probably ideal. Yeah. And I mean, even though there was a little bit of a language barrier, like mm-hmm. you can just still feel the the fun that people are having and the warmth of the cast members mm-hmm. and it was just a, a ton of fun yeah thanks for going with me no it was it was an amazing trip um all right so uh if you're listening right now we'd really appreciate it if you can drop us a comment leave us a rating on itunes um or like us or leave us a comment on soundcloud and we're also on youtube if you're watching this we'd appreciate you to subscribe and like and comment there as well and check it out check us out on instagram at disney wtf dot radio and we're also on twitter and facebook yeah we're we're out there we're on on medium Medium medium.com Lori has some really really cool articles that she's written about disney on there so if you want to see like what are some of her uh crazy ideas and thoughts about some of the uh theming and other stuff at disney what is what's what's like one of the articles you talked about on there why Dino Land USA might be a little bit underrated. Boom. <laughs> you see some cool stuff on there. So, um, but you know, thanks for watching. We really appreciate it. Have a very, very magical day. <laughs>